What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Mr. Money TV live on Thursday night. And this is Peter. Yo, what's up, everyone? Long time no see. This is Frankie. Nice to see all of you again. All right. Now, if you can hear us loud and clear, just write one in the comment, right? Yes. Anyway, today mm. it's uh, one of the very shocking news that happened. Just two days back. Uh, yes, just two days back. Well, every week is exciting week, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every week it's something like, will happen. It's like just when you think that things are fine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then something came out. Mm. Like, oh, okay. So where are things going to be right now? Yeah. Uh, and that's the interesting part. Mm. Now, so tonight our live, the title is This A Start of a Bull Market. Now, why we chose that title was because everything seems to be going very well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and everything is doing well, uh, partly thanks to the uh, earnings season that is happening right now. Right? Most of the companies, they are gradually uh, releasing their results. And most of them are coming up with pretty good set of earnings, I yep, would say. Yep, yeah, about 80% of them actually correct. beat market expectation. Yeah, and because of that, everyone thinks that, oh, you know, this time probably it's going to be a soft landing, right? Since all the companies are doing well. And that gave a very positive sentiment to the stock market and everything just fly like crazy. That's right, right? that's right. Now, just a recap of what has been happening. I think uh, a few weeks back, we have been talking about the Fed raising the interest rate and the Fed actually did say that they're going to raise the interest rate two more times at least, mm. right? By uh, by the middle of the year to the end of the year. Mm. And we actually uh, talked about it and we said that likely they will actually increase the rate one time first, mm. right? And true enough, they yeah. did increase the rate one time. Yes. And moving ahead, it's going to see whether they are going to increase. Uh, and true enough, we also did mention that they are going to see how things are going to be and then they are going to see whether they are going to increase the rate further. But looking at the things going on right now, the chances are they may increase it further. Mm, you might as well, you know, do it first. Think later. Yep, yep. Yeah. So I think probably they're going to increase it probably three times or four times, uh, I would say. Or maybe just another one more time and two more times. So three times mm. maybe. Yeah, we'll see where things are. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But um, what happened is that the UK also follow suit, right? Follow what US decision and they also increased their interest rate just now. Just, right. just a couple of hours ago. That's right. Mm. That's right. So it looks like this few days is going to be a bit of a quiet market. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Or I would say it's going to be a bit of a sell down market. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see how long this sell down lasts before mm. everything goes up again. Mm. Or is it going to enter into something <clears throat> bad? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So today we're going to talk all about the market. We're going to see whether is it a good time to start investing, how to invest, how to move ahead from here. Now, as usual, before that, it's always good to give some context of what has been happening in the market so far. So just a few months back, one of the biggest theme that was happening around was AI, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, from the whole market going down and then suddenly, thanks to ChatGPT, everything just went to an AI craze. And uh, soon enough, there was a lot of things that were going around in the market saying that with the current implementation of AI that's much more mature, it's going to increase a company's profitability. That's mm. what they have been saying. Yeah. And uh, very quickly after that, we see also a lot of news talking about how things are great, uh, market beating the expectation and so on. Yeah. So it seems like the media has been portraying the market as very, very positive. And mm. at the same time, we can see that the market did go quite well, right? Yeah. And one thing I think it played out according to what we have discussed before is that you remember during that AI craze actually only the top 10 um, tech stocks that are rallying that is 
pushing the whole S&P 500 up. The remaining 490 companies, they are just doing so-so like that, right? And uh, one, of, one of the things that we sort of discussed is that, you know, there are two scenarios here. One, it's either the, the remaining 490 stocks will catch up to the top 10 stocks that already went up so much, or this top 10 stocks is going to fall to match the valuation of the remaining 490. It looks like because the earnings season is doing so well, it looks like the 490 stocks is trying to catch up with the valuation of the top 10 stocks. And that has been happening throughout the entire month until Tuesday. Mm. Right? Something happened on Tuesday whereby the credit rating agency Fitch come up with a surprise downgrade on US uh, credit rating from AAA, which is the top of the rank, down one notch to AA+. So immediately after that, people are a bit panicking, like, whoa, does it mean that US is going to koyak and things like that, right? So the first thing people think is, don't think. <laughs> don't think. <laughs> sell take, some first. Yeah, sell some first, take the money off the table. And that has resulted in the US and then it also spilled over to Asia market and the European market as well. Everything just went red. Yes. for the past 24 hours. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of uh, questions about right now whether the US will be able to maintain its strength, mm. right? And as we all know, when US dollar goes down, everything else goes down because mm. uh, people are trying to look for a safe haven. Now, naturally, immediately, I think uh, I think gold probably shot up, right? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, right? Little I think bit. it's going to follow to shoot up a little bit more soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's very likely to happen if this sell-down continues because mm. there's uh, no place else to go, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, some of the foreign money actually came into Malaysia, especially last week. Um, I was tracking the foreign flows um, of Busan, Malaysia, and surprisingly, almost every day got like 100 million, 100 million inflow yes, into Malaysian yes, yes, market yes. itself. So um, I guess you are right. I think a lot of foreign investors are trying to look for safe haven place to park their money. That's right, yeah. So... <clears throat> today's topic is all about this, mm. right? So uh, there's two sides of the story, naturally, as usual. There's those who are bullish view. There's those who are pessimistic view as well. We are definitely going to discuss the points on both sides. Mm. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about where Malaysia stands in this current position. And at the same time, we are going to talk a little bit about how to position yourself during yeah. this period. Yeah. <coughs> so let's talk a little bit about the views on bullish view and on the bearish view. Mm. So uh, what are some of the thoughts on the bullish view side that's saying that this is just a slight jitter and it's going to go up again? Okay, I think, I think the bullish side of things is pretty much um, in the hands of the media, right? the big media like CNBC, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal and things like that. They, I, I feel that all these media channels, they are trying to portray some sort of positivity in the US, even though US gonna downgrade it on Tuesday, right? And I think that is important because at a time where the number one rating agency says that US now is being downgraded, the implication is that number one, US will have to borrow with a higher interest rate because right. it's much, much riskier in I, if I lend my money to the US because the rating just deteriorate. So, I think on the other hand is that then all these uh, big institutional funds, government regulators and all that, they probably send messages to the media and say that, hey, actually US, number one, the US dollar is still pretty much the world reserve currency, right? If you don't own US dollar, what else can you do? So therefore, they are portraying an image whereby it is not too much of a concern, right? US is going to continue to pay its debt and therefore these this downgrade is, is not justified. 
to, mm. uh, to, to a certain extent. So I think the positive side of things is pretty much what is happening in the media. But on the other hand, I think on the investor level, that's a different story, mm. right? So having said mm. that, let's poke some holes to the theory, right? Mm. To say whether is it good or bad and stuff like that. I think number one, the thing is that uh, with this US downgrade, US dollar da- currency downgrade, right? Uh, interest rate will be definitely higher. And it's actually projected that with such interest rate, it's not long later that the interest payment for US debts uh, will be even higher than their military budget. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, uh. it's going to be about a trillion. Right. Yeah, it's just matter of sooner or later. Mm. Yeah, so that's crazy because US spend the most on their military budget, mm-hmm. right? And Correct. having interest payment as the highest, it's going to like, whoa. Yeah. It's kind of like in your house, you are paying more credit card debts than you are spending it on food. Yes. Kind of thing. Correct. Yeah, so that's actually a huge thing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, on the other hand as well, when we talk about the media media side, I, I believe definitely when such news happen, uh, government won't let the media talk too much of bad things. Uh, mm. Because I mean, come on, man. <laughs> uh, you want your license going to get dung or something. Yeah, if yeah. the media also play along with all the negativity, I tell you, the drop is going to be even more drastic. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. So definitely they are trying to do some damage control. Mm. Uh, there's definitely some sense into that saying that a uh, US dollar is among the number one taiko in the world. Mm. So even if the drop... So what? Yeah. Now, so usually what happens is that if you're the number one in the world and then you drop a bit, then there's a question, right? What are the alternatives that you have in the market? And mm. naturally, gold is one of them. Yeah. yeah. And on the other hand, some people also believe that Bitcoin is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, there's the other question about going into real estate then. Mm. Mm. Because at least that's something that is a solid ownership of a piece of land rather than holding currency per se, although it's still value in currency, lah, right? Correct. Yeah. But, so, but provided you buy the land with cash, lah. Uh, yeah, lah. you don't that's buy it on a, credit. Lah, right? That's the thing. <clears throat> but we can see that in US housing as well. Mm. Yeah, US housing actually held up pretty strong. Yeah, yes, so yes. Uh, it's at this current point that uh, when we are thinking about US housing market is going to crash, mm. uh, it actually did not. It actually kind of held its ground and in fact, it just went up a little bit some more. Mm. Yeah. So then here backs the question again, right? Uh, is it true that when you do not know what to hold, you should be holding property? Uh, that's, that's, that's a very Asian thing, right? Yeah, but, that's, but that's the direction. Correct, that, correct. That's yeah. what, that, that seems like the direction that everyone is uh, heading to. But again, like I say, if you have extra money and you want to convert that money into land, then that's fine, you know, from, from something that is liquid, something that is risky, something that is just gonna downgraded to a piece of land whereby land is always there. Land is always a land. Provided you do that, it's a one-to-one cash conversion from one asset to another asset. But if you're buying the piece of land on credit, with the US dollar just gonna downgrade it like this, your interest expenses is gonna go up. That's so right. if you buy the piece of land for one million, let's say the price tag is one million dollar, and your interest rate is 4% in the past, very likely going forward is gonna be 4.5 or 5% or even 6%. Mm. So from 4% to 6%, that's a 50% increase on your interest expenses, you know. Yep. So the $1 million price tag of land could end up being $1.5 or $1.8 million at the end of the day when you finish servicing that's right, your loan. That's right. So the question is, do you have that much of firepower, yeah, yeah. That, that, that much of cash to sustain throughout the whole tenor of your mortgage or not? Yeah, so yeah. it seems like it's actually a good game for even for rich investors then. Correct. 
Correct. No problem. Lah. So, but for normal people, <coughs> uh, it's going to be tough as well because buying a land or either buying a property on loan is, mm. it may not be that great a choice, you know? Yeah, but I think this time around, retail investors, the normal ordinary, ordinary people like us, they also found an avenue to park their money or to convert their assets from a not so safe US dollar to something else. And that thing is Bitcoin, right? Immediately after the downgrade, right, we saw a we saw a jump in Bitcoin price yep, to yep. like 30,000 30, plus something, like almost reaching 30,500. But after that, it got, it got bashed down a little bit. But I think that's where ordinary people are putting their money in. Mm, because mm. on one hand, if they want to buy gold, the access may not be there because, you know, all the transaction fee and whatnot. Da, da, da. But Bitcoin is it's like that, right? It yeah, is decentralized. You don't have much fee and it is very easy to buy. Yeah, yeah. So Someone I, got, a, got a positive news coming next year. Correct, uh, so correct. The halving, the, the, the stuff like that. So yeah, I think a lot of retail investors are putting money there. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of them, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Having said that, it's about 29. It's been holding on quite steadily. Yeah, which uh, is good, man. Even even if it's going to drop a bit, um, for me, my strategy for Bitcoin is just going to be dollar cost average on the way. Mm. Yeah, that that's my opinion of it, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, I think there's still some upside, definitely, for sure. Uh, just, but don't rush into it. That That's my idea. Because if US dollar were to drop significantly, it's going to drop as well. That mm. That's my opinion of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And having said that, actually, there are a few things that actually points to, points to some bad direction for the US stock market. There's mm. good news and there's bad news, right? There's no. the bullish view and there's the, the bearish view. So in our part, that comes down to the bearish view is this. Uh, when you look at the market, uh, although... Although the US stock market has been beating expectations for their earnings, but there's this huge argument here where is it really beating the earning or they actually lower down the expectation? Mm. Ah. That's true. Right? That's so true. It's 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 kind of like like in the past you are supposed to be making 50 million, uh, let's say, mm. but because last last quarter you say, hey, I don't think I'm gonna make a lot, I'm gonna make hundred million. Then now you make two hundred million. Oh, very good. You beat expectation by 100%, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, the truth is, right, the actual earning is not that much, you know. And, and this is actually reflected in, in the actual earning part. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so there's this index, the LEI. Uh, mm. uh, I can't remember what is it called, right? It's LEI. Basically, it's a combination of the uh, consumer spending, you know, uh, uh, manufacturing, all those kind of stuff, unemployment mm. and stuff like that. Uh, apparently, apparently, US has been their productivity has been dropping. It's been dropping quite significantly. Actually, Q3 of 2023, right? Mm. Uh, Q, Q, Q3 of 2022 was negative four or something like that. Then after negative two, some more. No, a negative two first, then to negative four. Now it's negative 7%. Mm. Quarter to quarter, you know? Yeah. So the actual earning uh, and the actual ability of the companies to make money and profitability is actually going mm. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that they're beating expectation because expectation is low. <laughs> so here backs the question is US really recovering or not recovering yeah yeah. well but first of all stock market is all about expectation right? so if you lower the expectation <laughs> low enough <laughs> you put the barrier low enough you beat that barrier then uh, it's great but yeah you are correct right you know um, US output is down no need, no need to go so far away just look at China China every week every month they are coming out with negative economic numbers and we all know that China is the world's manufacturing powerhouse. If the world manufacturing powerhouse is not producing that means the whole world is not spending. If the whole world is not spending economy cannot be good one. Right? Yeah. So with that kind of backdrop but the US keep showing 
pretty good result. Uh, part of the reason is it's obviously because of that. Right. All the analysts, because in the past, we also talked about it before, whereby we think that, oh, second half of the year may not be that good because US increased interest rate by so much. So chances are profitability will be affected. So everybody lower down their expectation for the second half of the year. Then, yeah, you just need to do a little bit better and then things will be good. Yeah, so actually yeah. you're not doing well, you know, but it's Correct. just that the expectation is so low and you're doing better than the low expectation. So mm. it's considered you did well. Yeah. And now suddenly the whole market shot up to so high. Yeah. Right. So then there's a, the, the whole question of like, is it worth? So in fact, the truth is it becomes even more overvalued than before. Yeah, it does. It does. It becomes even more overvalued than before. It yeah. does. <coughs> and and um, I think I also mentioned before, not sure whether it's on live or is it in my newsletter that I say you just need to have one small bad news and it will be amplified to something very big and then That's the market right. will react like like super negatively. So I think we can see from the case study of the Fitch downgrade. So hopefully there's no more bad news because if there is, people are just going to compound it further. Yeah. 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 Today market may drop 1%, but if let's say something bad announced next week, it probably go down by another 2-3%. Mm, mm. Mm, that kind of so things. a lot of people are also expecting that uh, sooner or later people are going to have no money uh, because it seems like currently the economy is still being very much propped up by consumer spending. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two arguments to that. Like we say bearish and bullish. So let's talk a little bit about bullish side, right? So there's this whole question mark about like, hey, government has been doing so much uh, to try to higher, heighten the interest rate, mm. try to quantitative tightening, but yet people have still a lot of money spent. It seems like people are just not too affected by it. Yeah. So is this stress test actually meaning that people have money? Or is it leftover money from the previous quantitative easing? Mm. Yeah. So if it's a leftover money, then there's a chance that they'll run out of it. If it's not, it is real ability, then it means that there is a sustainability in terms of their cash flow and so on, right? Mm. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, when you look at the economic indicators, it shows that the actual earnings has been going down. Mm. Then it means by absolute value, it's not really doing very good. Yeah. So then there backs that question, where is this money coming from? Mm. Yeah. And then is it being propped up by the few big players in the market yeah. or so on, right? So um, there's also this whole thing about it right now that uh, when you look at this whole economy cycle, uh, a lot of people will say that currently right now, there are a few places that you really will look at to see whether the market is really recovering or not. So this is the positive note side. Uh, so the bearish side is actual data are all bad, mm. right? Uh, actual data are all bad. Okay. Now, on the bullish side is the idea that if you look at economy cycle, uh, remember during COVID time and uh, when the market was down, mm -hmm. the first thing that people cut budget was marketing. Mm. Right? That's very standard. Cut marketing, that's number one already. Yeah. And, and what happened is that Facebook, all this took a big hit. Google, all this took a big hit. But if you actually look at Google's result, Facebook result, which are in the advertising industry, their earnings are actually shooting up is growing quite fast. Mm. So it's telling you that businesses are starting to dump more money into marketing. Yeah. All right. So does it also mean that companies are actually starting to find their foothold and say, hey, we're going to spend more right now to increase mm. uh, consumer spending even further and people have the power to spend. So therefore, we're going to throw in more money again. So there is this whole, the other, whole different side of sentiment when it comes to the business end on the advertising side, mm. which usually when marketing starts spending money, it's usually also the beginning of an economic boom. Uh, yeah. mm, okay, my view on this, right? 
50-50. Okay, under, under normal economic condition, yes, I think that is exactly the case, right? When, whenever a company put more money into marketing means that, you know, they are trying to push something. So therefore, chances are things will be good going forward. But we also have to remember that this time round is a bit different because we just came out from the pandemic and we have a lost three years horizon. And in that three years, all the companies simply just didn't do anything. So when they just come out from that lockdown, right, they have no choice but to remind people again about who they are and what they do. So got business or no business, they have to throw in the marketing dollar. And whether that marketing dollar translate into sales and profit or not, um, so far it looks like the impact of marketing dollar is decreasing. And, and, and we can see that from your LEI index as well, right? Output is decreasing, your profitability is decreasing. So now, then, then the question would be, if I put in so much marketing dollar, but my profit still goes down, right? How long can this last? Do I put extra money so that people will be cycled by my advertisement and they go and buy my products? Or do I say, hey, my marketing campaign is just not working. Maybe we slow it down. I think maybe we are going into a recession. So don't waste bullet. We wait for the market to settle first, then only we push again. Mm. So um, at this point, we are in a very exciting um, transition, I would say, from a very, very bull market to a possibility of a soft landing or a worst case scenario, hard landing. I think we are still in that situation. We are not out of the woods yet. Yeah. yeah. So there's this whole thing about it, right? That I was looking at also... Uh, Look at the earnings report of consumer spending, mm. right? Uh, as we said, the LEI is not that great, but consumer spending is holding strong. Uh, inflation is uh, coming down. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, then you look at electronic spending. So a lot of people say that there's also this part about it that you want to see whether people are buying things or not, like, whether does it translate. Like. Mm. And what we can see is that generally there are quite many companies like Apple and so on, they are actually reported higher earnings. Yeah. So they reported higher earnings. Like I think HP also had a higher earning actually. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I didn't yeah. see uh, that. That's, that's yeah. what I've uh, read. Lah. Yeah. I could, could have read something wrong, right? Yeah. Never know about it. Yeah. But nonetheless, people are spending. That's the point. Uh, yeah, people are spending, but if you also read <laughs> Apple's news, right? Their shipment for new phones and all that are dropping. So Correct. yeah, so so where are where are all these data Correct. trying to point towards? Correct. Right? So it's so, very confusing. Correct, you know what I mean, Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah, it's like both have solid set of data to say that something is going right. Mm. But if you look at the macroeconomic side, it's actually way more gloomy. Mm. When you look at the individual company, it looks fine. Now, so if you want to look at this both, right, then the question is which one can be more easily tweaked? Mm. For me, accounting is easier to tweak. Uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because shipment, shipment, you cannot lie one. When people want to buy 100 phones, you Correct. cannot send 200 phones, all right? Correct. So the other 100 phones, you cannot just throw into the sea. LEI GDP also harder to tweak. Because yes. you need to tweak so many companies, right? Correct. Yeah. But mm. individual companies is easier to tweak. Yes. Yeah. And you can just throw more discount so that you can sell yeah. more, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you create an illusion, you know? Yes. Correct. Yeah. So this, if, if there's a report that I'm going to trust a little bit more, I'm going to trust the macro data a bit more, I would say. Mm. Yeah, but on the other hand, is it absolute and is it going to say that, oh, definitely this means that this is the answer? Also very hard to say. Yeah, also very hard to say. <laughs> yeah. so, so I would say, right, we are sitting in this stage right now that I'm extremely confused. Mm -hmm. I, I would tell you that two days ago, I'm less confused. I'm starting to gain a bit of confidence that 
it could be a recovery already. Mm. Yeah. Like one week ago, we were having a conversation about this, right? We were saying like, chances are it's recovering. Mm. I think that people are just, are not willing to let it go down. Mm. Yeah, put it this way, right? Yeah. yeah. But after yesterday, <laughs> I'm a bit like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so should you- I also uh, like that. Should you look at this side or this side right now, right? Mm. So there's, there's that huge question that's going on, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so which which side do you favor right now? Do you favor a more bullish bullish view or a more bearish view in your opinion? Uh I don't dare to take sides right now, uh, to be honest. But my um overall direction it's still quite bearish. Right? Over weeks over weeks we have been saying that you know the market the market is expensive. Companies are not doing well. We still have inflation, we have China that is not doing well. You know, there's a maybe there could be a war breakout in Taiwan or this kind of things that is going on in the market. So the big picture, I still think it is a little bit gloomy, but because the market is so hot, you cannot afford to not participate in this, um, in this cycle because if you don't, then you will lose out a lot. Yeah. So which makes my investment horizon even shorter than usual. <laughs> even shorter than usual. So um, for the past one month or so, I would say the number of my transactions has increased quite a bit. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mainly to play along with the current earnings season as well. So if I expect one company to do good, then I would load up on the company. And once the company say, oh, okay, yeah, I really did well. Okay, then I say, see you, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Ciao. Because I really don't know what's going to happen to to their business in the next three months or six months. Mm, mm. Yeah. So at this point right now, I think it's really interesting because if if you want to invest moving ahead from here, it it gets a little bit complicated. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number one, let's address people who are investing for long term. Yes. Like say you have a 10 year horizon. <clears throat> Honestly, if you have a 10 year horizon, my opinion is this shouldn't affect you in any way. Correct. Just like yeah. what Warren Buffett said, actually this downgrade, it doesn't affect him. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just continue. I Just mean, continue. if you have a 10-year horizon, uh, my personal belief is that all this economic factor doesn't really matter at all because what you want to look at is believing in the overall economy sustenance. That's number one. Number two is uh, the belief of a particular company or a set of companies, whether they are doing well or not. Mm. So just go on with it. Uh, and my approach, unless you are someone who have like hundreds of million and the way you invest is different, generally for most of us, if you're earning about 30,000, 40,000 and you, you regularly invest kind of thing, just take the dollar cost averaging approach. Nothing will go wrong. Just keep going in, keep going in and keep holding and don't be too bothered about it, right? Yeah. So that's a long-term approach. Mm. Now, on the other hand, for people who are more thematic, more shorter term, I think there's three approaches you can do, right? If mm. you're more active with your way of investing. Uh, I think the first thing is to just, number one, be very safe, take your money off the table. Mm. That'll be number one. Yep. Wait till there are real signs in macroeconomy to show that it's less gloomy, then only you start to go in, right? But in that approach, generally, you need to be very timely, la, I would say. Because yeah. information <coughs> is traveling so fast. When the good news come, everyone react already. Mm. Yeah. Then you will lose out a few percent first immediately. Yeah. So that is a very quick way of playing with things, right? You got to time the market. Now, on the other hand, there's also this thing about market is still pretty hot. Maybe you should just ride the wave and leave before the rug pull per se. La. <laughs> right? Yeah. The rug pull. A long yeah. time they'll hear this word. Yeah. Then. So it's like, well, leave before that, 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 
that 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 selling selling season, uh, huh? mm. Yeah. So I I think for more active investors, that's the approach that they will be doing, generally to actually go in fast and then uh, be very active in managing it, like 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 what you do lah. Yeah. Uh, you are literally a very active investor lah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am at this point so, because uh, I'm scared. <laughs> you you want to share a little bit of how are you going to take opportunity or how would you see active investor would take opportunity of this situation? Okay. So number one, we all recognize that the market is expensive. So it's really to find an excuse to sell. And that Tuesday incident was the perfect reason to take the money off the market. So when the news come out, I I don't even look at what price were my portfolio. I just say, okay, it's time to sell already. So I just sold most of my stuff. But because I'm the kind of person who gets who is very forgetful. I tend to forget what stocks I buy, what stocks I sold. So I keep small positions to remind myself that, oh, these are my positions, right? So, um, but if I were to be super aggressive, I would have sold off everything, but because I still have a little bit there just to remind myself that these are the stocks that I would want to enter when price becomes more reasonable. So that, that portion of my money is still losing like, at this point, but it's not much. So um, my approach would be to wait for more bad news. I'm actually hoping for more bad news to happen. Mm. Um, well, I can say that because my money is off the table. But I know that a lot of people just started to, to get the news that, oh, now is the bull market and I want to take part in this bull market. And once they enter, then immediately Tuesday, come out and say US. <laughs> then immediately they lose money, right? So for, 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 for this group of investors, um, if you look at the bright side is that a lot of investors are saying that this downgrade is not warranted. This downgrade will not affect the, U- the US market sentiment as a whole because the US is the US. It's still the number one. So as long as earnings season still continue to produce good earnings, things will be fine, at least for this round, for this quarter. So there is still hope over there. But if you are long-term investors, um, looking at five years, 10 years, um, I think the next couple of one to two years may be not so great. So even if you are long-term investors, I still think that maybe you want to slow down a little bit. Mm. 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 So slowly reduce your portion or what? If you're on a DCA strategy, maybe you want to lower down your DCA portion. So if you're putting in $100 every month, maybe this time around you put in $70 every month. You want to slow down the process because you really, you really don't know where the market wants to go. But at the same time, you don't want to miss out, right? Mm. So you'll be less risky. Like. You don't put so much money. Just put a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So in my opinion, I differ a bit uh, in the sense where <coughs> if it's a 70 ringgit and 100 ringgit, uh, unless you've got no money, lah. Because that, that risk of putting in the 100 was already estimated under your own risk ability, not so mm, much about okay. market market risk, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, I can spare 100 and get a month. Right. That, that, that's about it. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing to do with that, that mm. market sentiment thing. But yeah, that's also a good approach if you want to be able to have, save up a little bit more so that when the market is even more down there, you add in more into the DCA so that you can catch it at the low, right? So that could be a good strategy as well. But again, it comes down to individual. Okay. But the next thing that I want to mention is the fact that for people who want to take opportunity of the market is... The best is actually right now to focus on individual companies. Yes, yes. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I yeah. think I think there's no better time 
than now to focus on individual company. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if you are looking at S and P five hundred, the big indexes and so on, it's a it's you better be very long term lah. That's my opinion. Mm. Yeah. But if you look at individual company, then uh, it is more in if you have the knowledge, then in my opinion, it's safer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hunt, hunt for company with strong fundamentals, right? Mm. Strong cash position, uh, companies with a, with a known track record and can still be able to bring in good earnings. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say like Apple, these kind of company are, 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 are strong fundamental. Let's not say whether it's overvaluated or not. That's another topic altogether. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if in 10 years it does well, then today that overvaluation doesn't really make too much of a difference, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But the key point is that make sure there is not a company that will go bankrupt because of some bad market sentiment. Mm. Yeah. That that would be the key point there. Yeah. That would be the key point there. Yes. Look for good companies. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a cheat sheet on that. So, if you really don't know how to, uh, how to look for good companies, what, what, how do you define that this company has strong balance sheet or whatnot, right? This, this cheat sheet is very important. Now, you see, right? the US increased interest rate. So companies that have very high borrowings is going to suffer. So the cheat sheet will be look for companies that have very, very minimal borrowings or if best, net cash. Because then they are not affected by the interest rate. And yep. as long as people continue to, to uh, buy their products or buy their services, these companies is going to do very well. Mm. Right? So pick that kind of companies over just blindly buy S&P 500 because there are a lot of S&P 500 companies that are heavily debted today. Yes, yes. I think this kind <coughs> of reminds me of uh, 2008. Mm. Yeah, how Lehman Brothers crashed uh, yeah. because Lehman Brothers was actually 70 over times leveraged <laughs> on, their, on their tangible assets. Mm. 70 over billion. And when they discovered uh, the real number is actually 100 over billion. <laughs> yeah, in, in debt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to be looking at a company that's highly geared. That's, yes. what, that's what I would say. Yes. Yeah. Look for a company whose business operation doesn't require high gearing. Yeah. And mm. these are the times that you actually recognize why is there such an expensive price tag on companies like Nestle, you know, stuff like that mm. in Malaysia, lah, let's say. Right. <clears throat> because they have no need for borrowing. They're bigger than banks. <laughs> Put it this way, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, bank true. borrow money from them more like it. Uh. Yeah, uh, people like Apple, uh, Samsung, uh, all these. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people actually end up borrowing money from them. Mm. So you 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 want to find a company that can actually stand on its own operation independently and can work along the way just for that. And based on the natural market growth, uh, get less affected by politics and so on. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, basic stuff. Put it this way, yeah. right? Basic. Yeah, so that will be the thing to actually look at. Now, uh, that is if you want to ride the market, yeah, uh, to ride it safe as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and definitely there's the other side, there's more speculative, which we won't really be talking too much about it. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I would say that the other side of the game is once you recognize all this, you may want to go in the approach like what Frankie earlier said, do a 50-50 approach, mm. right? Where right now, if let's say you are very unsure of where the market is headed to, so you're 50% thinking the market is, uh, this is a very lousy way of managing portfolio, mm. but I would say that it, it works well for someone who maybe you have like one, 200,000, mm. right? Why do I say that? It's because it's not too significant. <laughs> yeah. 
you, yeah, there's no point of you sitting down calculating sigma la, calculating alpha la, beta la, <laughs> deviation la. No one is gonna calculate for you la, for that money, huh? Yeah, even if you're two million, so no one is gonna do that kind of calculation for you. But I would say it's a 50-50 approach. What do I mean by that? If you think the market is very bullish, you are 70% bullish, 30% you don't think is bullish. Again, don't take this as investment advice. I'll highlight it again. Keep 30% cash, 70% invested. Ah, yeah. yeah. If you think market is 50-50, then 50-50. Lah. Just Correct. go along with your own measurement and mm. start with the base. Don't mm. start with the higher one. Start with the least risky one. Yeah, that will be a very good uh, rule of thumb guidance for your own personal opinion when you look at it. Yes. Yeah, if you're more favorable to one side, then you go for that. But always make it maximum 70-30 at this point. Mm. That will be a much more balanced opinion. Mm. And honestly, that's how I invest. Yeah. I, I play with that ever since last year. Already. Yeah, mm. ever since two years, three years ago when things are like, you know, funky, funky a bit. Then I start doing that. Uh, if I think the market is about 70, 30, then I, I keep 30% cash. Uh. Yeah. Then mm. 70% bullish. Uh. But if I think it's more, then I'll switch the other side. So that that's what I do. Yeah. And right. and that is what allow me to to fetch the prices at the bottom to make back. Yeah, you you don't feel sad and say that like oh, but some of this company I'm holding right now, it's losing money. Then if I sell now and change my position into cash means I realize my loss. <clears throat> I tell you, if, if you don't know how to cut loss, don't do active management. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know how to cut loss, don't bother about active management. Mm. Simple as that. Just go passive. Just DCA all the way throughout your whole life. <laughs> yeah. And, and go is safe. Right? But if, if you plan to be a little bit more active, you need to be able to cut loss. In fact, that's the number one thing that you need to learn when you start investing yeah. in individual stocks. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, that, that's one thing. And uh, finally, the third method is just keep your money off the table, uh, which, which we already talked about. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, but that means opportunity loss at times. At the worst situation, it means that you did a very right choice, right? So, Correct. but your right decision now may not be a good decision in the future. Yes. So if you take table, if you take money off the table, you must also have a plan of how are you going to re-enter the market? Mm. Because if not, then your market will be off forever. And then say, oh, the market run 2,000, 3,000 points. Then you're like, eh, my money is still in my That's bank. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now let's talk about the next part of this, right? Uh, a lot of people are definitely asking, then what about Malaysia market? Mm. US market versus Malaysia market. Yeah. Is yeah. Malaysia market doing fine or not very fine? I would say, interestingly, Malaysia market has been pretty green. Huh? Um, pretty green. Uh, <laughs> partly thanks to foreign investors coming in. That, that, that is one big thing. But I think the biggest risk for Malaysia right now is August 12th. Right? August, I have been reading news about this green wave. Uh, don't know whether they are just playing with the media and coming out with funky, funky terms like green wave or whatever, or it's really the sentiment on the ground. I I really don't know because right up until past few days when we, I asked around, right, some people don't even remember that they need to go to vote on August 12th. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. So I don't know where is all this green wave coming from. But if let's say this green wave is real, then there's a chance for Malaysian economy to slow down in the future. Not because it's the green wave, it's because then you will have a situation whereby the federal government is different from the state government. At that time, the federal government wants to do something, but as long as the state government say, no, I don't want to follow, the federal government cannot do a lot of things. That's right, that's yeah. right. I mean, just look at the PJD link case, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
Although there's an agreement to go ahead with, but state government now say we are not going to give you the land to do it. Correct. Yeah. So you must remember when it comes to the government, uh, our federal uh, or national management of a country, the state government has ownership of land. Yeah. So uh, what could happen when the state government and the federal government is different is, for example, uh, let's say a big company called Company A comes in and Company A say we want to build a factory in Selangor. Then federal government say, yeah, we'll give you all the license necessary. We'll support you wherever necessary. Then they go to state government and want to apply for land. Then the land, then the state government say, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Go and find land in other state. <laughs> yeah. Then federal government cannot do anything. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you can lobby around and stuff, lah, but yeah, yeah. So that's the difficult part. Now, on the other hand, but I think after the election, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what things are going to be, but I I. I got a feeling things are going to remain status quo mm. uh, simply because I think people kind of hold this opinion that let us really give this new government a chance. Uh, at least that's in the urban area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about mm. other Sub-urban. other places. Mm. Yeah. So the rural areas and so on. Uh, so I, I have a feeling things are going to maintain be the same. Whatever there was a, a PN government maintained states, it will remain mm. uh, yeah. P- pH state pH will state remain, will remain pH, pH. state. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be status quo. I hope it's gonna be status quo personally, simply because uh I think we are sitting on a very interesting juncture in Malaysia. Mm. Now, what the reason why Malaysia's Malaysia's uh stock market is pretty good is because we are sitting in this place where every country in the world is trying to de-risk themselves by putting more operations into Southeast Asia and making Southeast Asia much more interesting. If you watch our video with Liu Chintong, right, YB Liu, mm. he did talk about China plus one. Mm. Uh, and that's the sentiment right now. In the past, when you look at the world, when you look at Asia, it's only China. Then when you talk about Southeast Asia, it's only Singapore and the Dunline line, uh, mm. right? But suddenly right now, it is no more Singapore Dunline line, but it's Malaysia, Vietnam, all these countries, mm. Indonesia. So the reason being is because people are trying to de-risk themselves by exiting China more and then coming into Southeast Asia. And that is one great opportunity that Malaysia is actually sitting at. And I think that's the reason why not just talking about investment, uh, FDI business kind of investment, but also on the capital side, money are starting to flow in. Yeah. So, and it's as low as it can be, in in my Mm. opinion. So, memang time to come in. <laughs> so that's why I think over in the past few weeks we have been seeing money coming back into Malaysia right now. Mm. Yeah. And so Malaysia could be sitting in a slightly more unique position, but nonetheless, if US were to go bearish, the whole world affected. Right. Yeah, correct. But um if that's the case, then it really double down on Malaysia government to do something in order to spur our own economic growth. And I think interestingly, yesterday there's a one news that came out from Anthony Lok, which is very interesting. He said he wants to redevelop KL Central. Now, this will be the first mega project from PH government if this thing goes through. Uh, now, I think he's playing this very safe because number one, KL Central is in KL. KL is a federal territory. It is not going to go into that state election thing. So therefore the federal government can easily say, I want to redevelop this land and this thing can jalan. All right, that's that's number one. Number two, it also sent a message to the whole Malaysia that says that if the state government and the federal government is aligned, 
there are a lot more things that they can do. They can cooperate together to bring this kind of development into different states. That's right. Because when you develop KL Central as the transportation hub, it needs to have other hubs also one. You cannot have have one hub one. So if all the areas are aligned throughout the states from north, south, east, west, then you can actually extend KL Central further away to the areas that needs all this development. Then that could be part of our budget 2024 tabling. Well, that is just my speculation, but that is one possibility that we can look at. And I think that that announcement by Anthony Locke is a very good hint to the market. And I think the Busan Malaysia stock market will try to play this yep. thematic uh, kind of um, um, investment team in the future. Yep, yep. I think another thing that happened also is that uh, he also recently announced uh, just six hours ago, right? A few hours ago. Uh, he's actually talking about conducting a feasibility study on real network in Sarawak, mm. which is, ooh, quite sexy. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're talking about real in Sarawak, it's mm. going to be sexy. Like, yeah. Because there's already that, uh, that, that what do you call that? that Samal Laju. Samal Laju. Uh, uh. Uh, Samal Laju Park. <laughs> it uh. used to be called Simi Lanjau. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that particular uh, park, it's already full house apparently, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's already full house because it was one of the cheapest power in the, in the, in the region. Mm. Yeah. And now you're talking about real, real network. Mm. I think if, by coming out with this thing, it's really signaling that we are not going to leave anyone behind. Yeah. Yeah. And if let's say we're going to further develop, mm. fantastic, right? Imagine if let's say the rail can even connect to Kalimantan where it will be the new yeah, the capital. Yeah, the new capital. Of, wow, that would be great, man. I tell you, mm. oh, yeah. that, that's to a certain extent, right? Today, I was just talking to our intern, right? They were talking about Singapore working, you know, and that kind of things, right? I, my personal belief, uh, maybe in the next five years, is if Malaysia can really do this well, uh, this is my optimistic, hopeful belief. Uh, mm. We we will really catch up with Singapore. Mm. Yeah. At least by currency, a little bit more and yeah. eventually pay. Pay yeah. will take a while, maybe 10 years. But, but mm. at the moment, your currency is stronger than pay about that, eh? Mm. Yeah. So, well, our biggest advantage is land and cheap currency, Unima. Yeah. Right. Talent-wise, I think the talent is from JB every morning to go to Singapore. <laughs> Singapore. So it is the same. Singapore talent, Malaysia talent is actually just one talent. Yeah. Let, yeah let's be, yeah, same talent pool. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah, same correct. talent pool. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I think that is something that hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it will happen. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, yeah, hopefully Malaysia will be doing well. Uh, in terms of Malaysia stock market, I think when all this does well, Malaysia stock market will have a Mm. Much more interesting. Ah, you know what will fly if this happen? In my opinion, what what happened? What will do well, right? Yeah. At least KLCI will be an index worth buying. <laughs> <laughs> KLCI ETF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, right? All this while, right? A mm. lot of people have been buying ETF, and a lot of people ask, "What about Malaysia ETF?" Mm. Actually, Malaysia does have an ETF. Yeah, right? yeah a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's just that easily twenty thirty ETF. Yeah, it's, it's just that Malaysia's. Malaysia's uh, FTSE, uh, do we also call it FTSE? Yeah, 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 FTSE. Uh, Malaysia FTSE is, is not as interesting because the, the individual company is doing way more better than the overall FTSE generally, mm. right? Yeah, uh, but when, if let's say Malaysia turns into a nation like that, there, there is a much higher chance uh, 
Then it's a much higher chance that your FTSE will be more attractive. La. Then you can dollar cost average into Malaysia's ETF. Mm. Yeah, but it'll take years. La. It'll take years. But mm. I, I just hope that this is going to happen so that for our children, it's mm. going to be a better place. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes after next week. Yep, uh, yep, that's right. So for those of you who are eligible to vote, please remember to go out and vote. Mm. Yeah, whatever you are in, whichever state you are, please go and vote. Whatever party that you're going to vote for, just vote for it. Mm. Yeah, uh, end of the day, the fate of the nation, the truth is, it's in your hands. Yeah, if you don't vote, is it, it is as good as you're giving your vote to the party that you don't want to vote. Yep, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Mm. It, so better go and vote. Yeah, will you let your mm. neighbor decide your future? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that'll be the thing to ask, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't vote, means your neighbor vote decided for you, dear. Correct. Yeah, so you better go out and vote. Yeah, so um, I think that's pretty much about it when you talk about is it a start of bull market. Mm. So uh, let's just end this before we go into a Q&A. Uh, the question is, are you more favorable towards a bull market or a bear market? I'm more favorable towards a bear market, but I'm keeping an eye on, on companies that may fall hard enough and I still find value in those companies, then I'm going to use those cash that I already cashed out before to go into those new companies. Mm. Mm. Uh, my personal belief right now is very 50-50. I, mm. I, I really do not have an answer uh, because just two, three days back, I was starting to get a little bit more favorable towards a bull market simply because I think the way that the US handled it this time is really dragging it. Mm. And the way that they drag it, they're also giving it enough time for the economy to recover a bit. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like they... they they only drop the hammer when you recover a bit, then drop the hammer when you recover a bit. Drop so it's kind of like, <laughs> let you just slowly float up, right? Yeah, yeah rather yeah. than one shot hammer you all the way down to the sea and bring you back up. Yeah, so uh, I, I think that's how they are trying to manage it and it seems like it's working. Yeah, and so I, I feel that it's going to be a little bit more bullish, but bullish with caution because mm. it's not standing on solid ground, it's standing on thin ice kind of bullish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and but with the recent things that has been happening again, especially yesterday, um, it kind of gives me this idea that it may not be that bullish. But on the other hand, being a media person, I also start to think that it could be actually really bullish. Because mm. number one, I don't trust Fitch. I can just be very honest about mm-hmm. it. I don't trust Fitch. Okay. Yeah. Why do I not trust Fitch? Just look at 2008, man. <laughs> <laughs> Subprime bonds are whoo, good grade, okay? Good grade. Yeah, yeah. Good grade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In my opinion, I no, I don't okay, know, man. Okay, <laughs> no. So in 2008, those 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 good grade subprime uh, mortgage it's it's good in a sense that because they just blend the bad ones into the good ones, so it looks okay. It becomes bad because there are greedy people who go and overload themselves with this kind of portfolio. <laughs> so when things go bad, then of course it go bad. No, no, no. You have to give them a bit of benefit of that also because they, they are also acting professionally to come up with the best credit rating that they can give that that, that they can provide. 
and based on empirical evidence, that is how that is how the rating should be. Right. So therefore, right, they right, give right, them the right, right. rating, right? Right. Uh-huh. So, so my belief is, I think you're correct to yeah. give the best possible professional opinion on thing. Correct. But <laughs> on whose behalf? <laughs> uh, uh, that one is a different story. <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. uh, uh, it it's a uh, there's a lot of not I say, but uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah that goes with. Uh, they like to give contrarian opinion. Mm. So just, uh, it's almost like, uh, what's the name of the guy from the CNBC investment? Jim, Jim, Jim Kramer. Kramer. They, they, uh, it's almost like Jim Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. When he says it's bad, likely it's going to be good. When he oh, says yeah. it's good, it's likely going to be bad because yeah. they are just trying to send out a signal so that... Which makes him good. You just need to follow the opposite. <laughs> uh, correct, correct. So, so sometimes I feel like a Fitch is a bit of a Jim Kramer sometimes. <laughs> Jim uh. Kramer, uh, yeah, okay. a bit of a Jim Kramer sometimes. Yeah. But, but that's, a, that's a whole different lah, huh? mm. yeah so anyway ultimately ultimately at the end of the day right what we want to do is to help you guys to actually understand things better mm. yeah, and you decide yourself yeah yeah uh who you want to trust who you want to believe is your call yes right and do you think that the market is going to go up or is it going to go down yeah it's again once again mm. your personal opinion yeah but what we'll say is be very careful because at best, it is a good position standing on thin ice. At worst, there's something worse brewing at the back. Mm. Right? Yeah. Nicely put. So, that is it. So, let's take a time to answer some Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. So, I want to highlight uh, BC say, uh, Peter, <laughs> you should shut up. Uh, stop throwing more spaghetti on the wall. More facts and analysis, not uh. your own groundless assumption. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but I have to say that uh, whatever that we presented, it's uh, a lot of work is put in together. Uh, we all read a lot of news and all that. And one of the things that we pay a lot of attention to while, while looking at US market, Malaysia market and all that um, recently is on this thing called Mumu. Right. Ah, yes, okay, Mumu. Okay. So um, if for those who have downloaded the Mumu app, right, if you notice they have already started to include whatever all those superpower US analysis that they have into the Malaysian market. So now it becomes exciting. Right. 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 And the best part is this thing is free. Right, yep. we do not even get a single cent from them by um, by uh, promoting it to you. So, if you guys are interested to keep yourself updated to market news, whether it is US, Europe, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore, whatever, give this app a try. I think then you will notice that actually whatever we say here today is not throwing spaghetti on the wall; it's spaghetti <laughs> on the plate. But <laughs> but I think I think for BC still I have to say the fact that you don't like my mouth so much and you're watching it for so long, I have to say thank you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. there must be some sort of a magnetic attraction of my big laughing mouth. <laughs> 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 so still, thank you very much. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, for those of you who are actually interested, uh, do download the Mumu app. Uh, yes. We do have a link. Yeah. Yeah, we will uh, put up the link so it's we'll easy for you to, to to search. You yes. don't need to and go and we'll find. probably do a review video about it soon. Uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. It gives you a good idea of where the whole market is standing. Mm. Uh, it gives you some. It it it's really quite amazing research tool, I would say yeah, at this point. Yeah. yeah. And and if you think the mobile app is cool, right? Wait until you use the desktop version. Wow, I tell you. It looks like a Bloomberg, man. It looks like a Bloomberg. You can open two screens and it looks fantastic. All the information right in front of your eyes. So yeah, go and try it out. All right. So 
What's both thought or strategy on Palantir next week to second quarter earning? Are you also in? Do you saw the 1999? <laughs> ah, Jim Wong. Jim Wong, yeah. we were just talking about it before we start the live. Uh, yes, I have sold my Palantir shares, but not all, right? So this is one of the shares whereby I sold most of it, but I keep a small position to remind myself that uh, this is the stock that I want to go in next time. Uh, but why I sell it? Is it because it's bad? No. I think I think they will do good, all right? In fact, in last quarter, they already guided that this quarter they will do good. And then, so why did I sell? It's because number one, this stock has came out from $7, $8, all the way to $20. Yes, they are doing great, but you cannot increase your company earnings by 200%, right? So therefore, it is expensive. Because it's expensive, so better to take money off the table. And the reason for me to take money off the table, it comes perfectly with the Tuesday announcement that the Fitch gonna going to downgrade US. So it will affect sentiment of these kind of stocks, especially stocks that ran up too fast, too hard. So it was an easy decision for me to say, hey, just sell first and think later. Yep. Uh, same position Yeah, with Frankie. Yeah. I think ultimately, I think it's quite overvalued right now. That's yeah, all. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. What do you think about the potential of CMSB? I still remember a story you told a while ago about the potential of Starwa as a state. Uh, I think CMSB is just CMSB. Yeah. CMSB is a monopoly of cement in Sarawak. So as long as Sarawak yeah, got correct. things to build, they will continue yeah. to make money. Well, what do we mean yeah. by CMSB? It's just CMSB because it's it's a company that has solid background. Mm. Yeah, But the reason last time it didn't fly was because of that. Yeah, a lot of uh, political, yeah, term political turmoil thing. thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the CFO thing and so on. The CFO thing and then you have the change of government <sighs> and then uh, who is Sarawak local government going to support that kind of stuff. Yes. So, so hopefully hopefully after August 12th, everything settles down, then the federal government can pay more attention towards development of the country. Then perhaps we can see something in Sarawak. All right, so how confident are you that ART is going to build in Sarawak linking Samalaju and other area in Sarawak? Uh, I have no answer, man. I'm not the government, so yeah. I have no answer for that. Yeah. But they should, they should. Because Samalaju is a very established uh, industrial park. And given that um, the new capital of Indonesia is going to be in Kalimantan, it makes a lot of sense for you to connect these two cities. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, I feel like I feel like they should. La. There is a lack of proper industries in Sabah and Sarawak. Due mm. to infrastructure issue. Yeah. I think if they solve the infrastructure issue, things will do better. Mm. Yeah, that's my opinion of it. Huh? Yeah. So what app are you referring to? Uh we are talking about Mumu. Yeah. So yeah, check uh, it out, man. Maybe you can help us to post that link again so that people who missed it can can click mm. on it. So Dr. Samuel Tong asked, depending on Amazon and Apple report this week. Yeah, I think uh Apple report is coming out uh, today. Today, today. Today is mm. coming out. Apple report is coming out. So uh, we'll have to see lah. I think mm. Apple and Amazon is gonna kind of show whether consumer are really spending or not. Mm. Yeah. But again, like we said, right? Company account easier to tweak than yeah. Uh, <laughs> than macroeconomy lah. Huh? In fact, but I'm, macroeconomy is lagging indicator. Yeah, Let's yeah, not yeah. forget that. Yeah, as it well. is. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, for Apple's case, I'm actually more excited on their next quarter result. Because why? Number one, we have the new iPhone coming out in September. And then we're also going into the Christmas holiday season where people will start buying all these small little gifts uh, as a Christmas exchange gifts to, to uh, people. So this, this, this two event is going to affect Apple's profit 
when they announce their earnings in February next year. So that earnings season will be more exciting for Apple compared mm. to this one. Well, this one, people will just use it as an indicator to see whether people are still spending or not. Yep, yep. on the yep. normalized yes, basis. Yes, on a normalized basis. Are people basis. spending or not? That's yeah. the main thing here. Yeah. So, uh, Lai, Lai Koktri say, I invested 1,000 ringgit into Apple. Ah, congratulations. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Did you do it via M plus yes, app? they did it via yeah. M plus Global. If you did, Thank then, you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, Ethan say, what factors do you consider when determining the right time to invest in a particular market or asset class? Ah, up there. Ethan say, what factors do you consider determining the right time to invest in a particular market or asset class? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, for me, um, whenever I want to go into an investment, that investment must have a story. Right. So mm, if I want that's to invest, yes. yeah, yeah, it is very me. So if I want to invest in Malaysia, what is Malaysia's story? So Malaysia's story is change in government. We have a new hope, and with this new hope, maybe they can bring us to better height with lesser corruption and things like that. So that is the story for Malaysia, and based on that team, then what kind of companies can benefit from this story? So maybe companies that were not benefited in the past before, because those companies were too tied up with certain political figures and now the new government want to give chance to other people, maybe these kind of companies may benefit. So my attention is more towards that. Mm. But I do not rule out the possibility that maybe the new government may still favour the old, the old names because ultimately you want to deliver results. And these people, they have experience in delivering results. So I need to weigh, so which one, which one would be a better bet? Yeah. So for me personally, um, I don't really determine the right time, I have to be honest. Mm. I just, when it comes to individual stock, it's, the, it's just about at the point, are they a good company? Are they fundamentally sound? Yeah. Uh, if they're fundamentally sound, is there a good prospect ahead? Those are the few things to consider. Then once it's good, then it's good. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Not much of a thing to talk about. Like, because if you're meaning like, I already know a company and then like, when do I enter? Mm. Uh, honestly, I wish I know lah. <laughs> That'll be God already lah. Yeah, right? If you know, we wouldn't be sitting here already. Yeah. Uh. So, and in terms of asset class, for me, it's always the justification of risk and reward, right? It's always about the the amount that I want to get, right? Let's say, for example, if I know that for that when I want to switch my investment, is the risk compensated for, mm. right? That is the key thing there, lor. Yeah. Yeah. So, in if it if I take a lower interest, is it because it's safer or whatnot? Mm. So, it's very individual basis kind of consideration. Yeah. But I would say ultimately the question is still, are you maximizing your profit under a good amount of risk? Lor? Yes. Yeah. So why is Sarawak so hyped lately? Election time, uh, oh. Yeah. What else to talk mm. about? Oh. Yeah. What's your expectation of Apple earnings? Uh, I think I think it, it is going to be a normalized number. Lah. So okay. uh, it may do well, but that number could be just slightly more than last year. But yeah. like I said before, I'm still more excited about the next quarter's earnings. So what is the opening of Chinese tech stock right now? Uh, I think Chinese, uh, Chinese market uh, is... Uh, if you look at the numbers... It's not bad, you know. It's yeah. just 
It's just ever since the government has been inter- intervening, uh, no one dare to play in China already. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote about this briefly in my last week's newsletter. So last week, one of the big news is that uh, Apple, Samsung, they all reported that the shipment for their phones will drop. And in fact, it is dropping. But surprisingly, on the flip side of things is that Chinese brands' phones, the shipments is actually increasing. So maybe people are downsizing or downtrading their, their gadgets. Maybe Apple and Samsung too expensive. They shift to more cheaper options like your Oppo, your Xiaomi and all that. So could that be the, be, uh, could that be the, the case? Um, maybe, maybe, but um, I'm not too sure. Okay, someone is asking about LK99. Uh, I'm not really sure about uh, my opinion of it. I haven't really did any study on it. So, yeah. Yourself? What's that? There's this question about LK99. Uh, uh, basically, it's a new kind of uh, material. Uh, no, yeah. no. I, I haven't dwell into it. Super semiconductor breakthrough. Uh. Yeah. Oh, no. So, okay. la, da da uh, my stock portfolio is fit negative fifty percent because I whacked growth stock during the high. Now I'm buying value stock instead and looking good. Should I cut loss on my growth stocks? Um, I think it's very hard for you for us to give you any opinion. Number one, mm. it's literally an investment advice. Then correct. Yeah, so we are gonna get into trouble. Number two, yeah. I think maybe what we can do is that to give you some justification on to help you to think about it right mm. i think the first question is that these growth stocks that you're talking about were they speculative stock or growth stock that'll be the number one question right I, I, number one i don't really understand the question so you you lost on your growth stock so you switch into value stocks so that means you already cut loss on your growth stock so no, use new funds to buy into it maybe oh uh, okay yeah, so you just remain is a growth portfolio mm. yeah but then that's the question. I don't know what's inside of portfolio. Is this speculative growth or yeah, is it yeah, yeah. real growth, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, so really do not know. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> that if it's speculative as in there's no fundamental to a company, it was just based on stories, no real... Yeah, for example, GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. AMC. Not, nothing real to it. Then yeah. I would say that you you may want to ask yourself, oh, in future, is it going to bring you this return to yeah. recover? If it's not, then you may want to cut lo. Mm. Yeah, but if it's not, then it's a solid one, then you may want to consider dollar cost averaging out. Mm. Yeah, so these are some of the questions that you have to really, really ask. Yeah. Well, so, Jim Wong went to check out Mumu desktop version. Yeah, yes, yeah yes, it yes. is really cool. Yes. I hope you enjoy it. Yes. Pretty good, pretty good. Yep. So, uh, what's a bull market? A bull market is basically a market that's going up, rallying. Yeah, and a bear market is going down. Yeah. Tan Yu Chang, what's your portfolio allocation in US stock and Bursa di Casino? <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we tell? I think we tell many times before, do you, right? Uh, yeah, indirectly. Uh, okay, just to reiterate, I have very minimal in local Malaysian stocks. Uh, most of my money is in US stock, but currently, especially these few days, those US stocks has been liquidated and become US dollar. So I'm waiting for new times to reinvest those money. Yeah. So uh, recently, I just made some adjustment to my uh, Malaysian stock. Uh, and But I don't think I want to tell the counters yet. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know. 
this yeah. time round, I don't feel very comfortable <laughs> telling. <laughs> Never mind, we let it play out first. Yeah. So yeah. let's just see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, on the other hand, my US stock portfolio is pretty much the same. But again, as usual, I'm holding about 30 to 40% in cash. And uh, I am actually moving m- more towards Bitcoin. Mm. Yeah. But but that's me being me, you know? So please don't follow. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mm. how's the market for semiconductor right now in future? Well, semiconductor, according to Moore's law, it's going to double every three years. So it will always be good and it will forever be a growth stock. So um, in that manner, yeah, the sentiment for semiconductors is always there. Right? Yep. Mm. So uh, someone asked if I sold my farm fresh. Uh, no, no, I'm still holding my farm fresh. Yeah. I love my farm fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a patriotic act for yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> so it's more about that. Yes. So, uh, do you use M Plus Global to buy US stock? Uh, yes, I do use my M Plus Global. Uh, I do have one TJX. Mm. Yeah. I also use M Plus Global yeah. to uh to buy some US stocks, but most of my portfolio, most of my funds is not there. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, ultimately, is it? Last question right now. Okay, let's do one last question. Uh. Mm. Uh, which I want, Jim Wong question or IL99? You choose because I cannot see. <laughs> hey, well, you cannot see it? I can see, but I don't know which one you're referring to. Oh, the last one. Uh. Yeah. Jim Wong. Yeah. All right. Jim Wong. What? What's there is a reason behind the NYSE pre-market, post-market? Can we normal investor buy at those off times? Yes, those pre-market, post-market is exactly for people like us who is living at the totally opposite side of the earth because it's very hard for us to start trading at 10.30 at night and then uh, stay up all the way until 4 a.m. So therefore, you have this pre-market, post-market where it extended the trading hours until our time zone uh, for us to do the trading. But be very careful because this trading hours, it's outside of normal trading hours. So the volume is very thin. When the volume is very thin, the price can go haywire. You buy one stock, it can the stock can fly up 10%, 20%. But that is not the real price. That is just because the market is illiquid. So you just buy up the price yourself. So when it comes to normal trading, chances are people will bash it down to, yep. to the normal price. So you can still trade during off hours, but you just need to be very careful of, of the fluctuation uh, because of the liquidity. Yeah. I think the last thing is also good to just answer this one uh, huh, from Ilya. He's asking about, uh, he's looking at Mumu and M+. Uh, so Mumu currently doesn't allow you to buy any stock, but yeah. it's actually a research tool. Correct. Yeah. So if you really want to buy stock, you can you can just use M+. Uh, we have a link for you. Yeah. yeah. Go and check it out there. Correct. So, uh, that's all about it for tonight. So, mm. thank you very much everyone. Yeah. Uh, any last things you want to say, Frankie? Uh, nope. Please go and vote next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much, guys. See you and take care. Yeah, good good night. night. Bye.